And welcome once again to another weekly edition of Triple Threat here on KCLU 88.1 FM Columbia, online at kclu.fm, and of course, streaming live on the TuneIn app, Triple Threat, brought to you courtesy of Stickland Dryer Law Firm. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined on this Thursday morning by Cole Tusing, Chance Stickland, and our special guest this week, Hal Step. Hal, welcome to the show. How are you doing, bud? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, that is good to hear that you are doing good, and we are glad you're here. Cole, what's up? So, you know, my fraternity at Dad's Weekend, you know, of course, you watch the Georgia-Aubrey game, and I just want to say I'm doing great this morning, man. Georgia beat Auburn, which means one thing. Alabama is not going to make the college ball playoff, and I am. So happy about that. Well, that's, I'm doing great. That's that's boring. That's boring. Some sort of you know. I'm I'm wearing my Texas A&M jersey today. Them Ags are uh, are gonna put up a fight. They're not gonna win, but they're gonna put up a darn fight. And we'll get into that later. Chance, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's a little dreary, and I was actually gonna say let's all wear jerseys today in the studio, but of course that didn't come through. Well, I'm gonna, but I am glad to have our racing man on. It's a little different taste of sports for you this morning. Yeah, we can absolutely. We can throw in a little a little racing flair into our show. We've got a good one for you this week, talking all about upcoming slate of college football. There's a lot of it, and there's a lot of good stuff. Of course, uh, Mizzou basketball was in action last night against Morehead State, and then on uh, Monday against Wofford. So we got two games that we can get into. I was, of course, on the call for that Wofford game, so I've got a little bit more, uh, I guess, personal connection to that one. I can get the full scoop on on that game. And then uh, the NFL is still very much in full swing. Lots of interesting games. Thursday night football tonight, a big division matchup in the AFC South. We'll get into that. Um, and then, you know, throw in some NASCAR. How you are our NASCAR, you know, you and Sterling are the NASCAR e- experts on your show, Burning Rubber. So we'll try to utilize that expertise on air today. So we got a good one coming up. We're going to take a short break when we come back college football. So stay tuned. You're listening to Triple Threat. Brought to you by Sickland Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia Online at KCOU.FM, and of course, streaming live on the TuneIn app. From college to MLB, join me, Taylor Renee, and me, Emma Hayes, as we discuss all things baseball on KCOU Sports' first and exclusively female talk show, A League of Their Own. Tune in every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, or online at kcou.fm. Mizzou basketball is back, and KCOU Sports has you covered. Catch every Tiger men's and women's game from Mizzou Arena and select road games on KCOU 88.1 FM and kcou.fm. Get ready for game day with wall-to-wall coverage leading up to tip on KCOU Sports Saturdays and catch press conferences, full-length replays, and highlights on YouTube and Spotify all season long. Deep three for Mark Smith on the left wing. He hits. They just can't miss right now. Don't miss a second of Tiger basketball on KCLU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. In the first age, in the first battle, when the shadows first lengthened, one stood. He chose the path of perpetual torment 
circle backboard? Every Thursday morning from 10 to 11 on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. Welcome back to Triple Threat here on KCOU 88.1 FM, brought to you courtesy of Stickland and Dreyer Law Firm. Let's get into some college football, folks, because we've got some fun matchups this weekend. And, you know, I, I look I look first at the Big Ten because I think th- this one, in my opinion, is the matchup of the week. Um, we've got Penn State taking on Ohio State. Um, and this one, yes, Penn State probably out of the mix for the college football playoff after their loss against Minnesota, but they can definitely play spoiler against Ohio State, and I think they have the potential to do it. I mean, so I think the Penn State game, of course, like number eight versus number two, nine and one Penn State versus ten zero Ohio State. Of course, Penn State lost at Minnesota, but Kyle, you talk about how Penn State. They're pretty much out of the college football playoff. In my opinion, if Penn State beats Ohio State and other teams certain lose, like Oregon loses another game or let's just say Georgia loses another game, I think it's possible Penn State could maybe, especially because you have to consider they're on the road they're going to be playing at Buckeye Stadium. So that's something the committee takes in consideration. It is. However, I don't think Penn State can go to Columbus and beat Ohio State up north or Eight, oh, Ohio State's 18-point favor. And like you talk about the college football playoff, I've got that pulled up right now. It's going to take a lot. Uh, I think it's going to take a lot for teams that are out, out six and above to find their way back into the playoff. I still think Bama has a fighting chance. I'll say that right now. I'm not sure how, but they do. It's Bama. They always do. Exactly. Um, you've got teams like Clemson that are, you know, Clemson hasn't been talked about a lot this year. They're le- they're 11 and 0. They're always up at the top of the food chain. But my, I, I don't know if Georgia is the right team for that four slot. Four, four slot. I think that's the biggest one. I think as of now, riding into the playoff season, I think number four is still up for grabs. You've got teams like Oregon, out west. I still think Bama's got a fighting chance. You've got Utah in there now. Yeah, I mean, You've got you, Penn State. I mean, even you talk about a team like Minnesota, and you saw what they did to Penn State a couple weeks I, ago. I would think at this point, and, and, and I want to I pose this to Hal and see, see how what your opinion on this is. Um, I would think that uh, the winner of the Pac-12, it's either going to be Utah or Oregon, right? One of those teams makes it into the top four, right? Um, especially if, or especially when, it's not even an if, especially when LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship. I, I mean, think, my t- I mean, oh, excuse me, sorry. I think you're correct on that. Uh, just, I don't see Georgia going past LSU either. I think that um, if Oregon goes all the way, I think they're a definite lock at number four if Georgia loses, which is high possibility and um 
I'm not sure if Utah would get in if they win the Pac-12. Well, they have, they have very similar records. Um, if you if you look at the Utes, um, and, and it's like right neck and neck. Um, I need to get you the actual number for uh, for for Utah, but I'm I'm relatively sure. Yeah, so Utah's ranked number seven right now. They're nine and one out of the uh, out of the Pac-12 South, and they have you know because it's you know because it's the Pac-12. Quality of schedule between Oregon and Utah is almost identical. Um, obviously, Oregon had the uh, the game against Auburn earlier this season. They lost that. Utah's only loss came against USC. Um, so, I mean, we can debate quality of loss um, all we want. Um, I'm I'm going to pose the and Cole, this is going to make you mad. I'm going to pose that Oregon's loss to Auburn is a whole lot higher quality than Utah's loss to USC. So before I get to that, so the Utah-USC game, was that being played at the Coliseum or was that at Utah? That was at the Coliseum. So that was at, okay, so you have a road game at USC, you know, middle of the season, versus Oregon who lost week one on a neutral site. Against- I think or I think Oregon has a fighter chance because in my opinion, as I was walking the studio, I was running the college ball playoff scene in my head. At one, I have LSU. At, at obviously. Two, at two, I have Ohio State. At three, I have Clemson. At four, I have Oregon. Unless, um, unless Georgia drop. beats LSU. Unless, yeah, see, that's my so deal I've, right there. One, two, so that's one, my two, deal three, right four, there. If Georgia beats LSU, they'll be four. If not, I think Oregon's going to be four. And, and, I, and, if, and if Georgia beats LSU, yeah. my, my top four goes this way. Um, it would go Ohio State one, Clemson at two, LSU at th- uh, or rather, sorry, Ohio State one, LSU two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four. That's my top four right there. If if Georgia beats LSU, and I don't think that's going to happen. Think that's gonna happen. And either. I think when and I think when LSU wins, that opens the door for for Oregon to come in. Chance, you you seem like you're you're dying to answer this question. No, not so much that. I just think that you know I say Bama. I just don't think I I don't think Bama fits in the top four. I think that the loss to LSU and the fact that they're usually the team. If they're not going to a conference championship, they're in big trouble. I mean, the fact that they're not going to conference championship, they lost at home against LSU, and the fact that Georgia beat Auburn, that means Alabama's most quality win to the committee is either A&M or Auburn the Iron Bowl, and that's not as quality. It's like LSU had to play at Alabama, Oregon who played Auburn and lost, but of course you had to play the Pac-12. And, and it's not as quality. I love my Aggies, but uh, would, that, that, that's not a quality win this season. In a, in a perfect world, I would love to see LSU at the first, at the top of the, you know, top of the mix. Ohio State, Clemson, and I want to see the Gophers in the fourth spot. I think, I think, Minnesota. I think Minnesota. You won't get that. That's why I said, "quote Perfect world." It'd be great, yes, but they they're not going to go. That, the, the loss, the loss has has effectively knocked them out. You yeah. Know? No, it is tough. I don't think Georgia steals the fourth spot. I think it's. I think like I think it's going to be a Pac-12 team. I think I have that's Oregon. Probably a pretty. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, it's a toss-up between those two. How? Who do you have in the? Uh, give us your top four. Uh, LSU at one, Ohio State uh, two, Clemson three, and I think you're right. Oregon should be at four. I think even if Utah ends up winning out, it, there's been a lot of disrespect. T- Towards Utah over history, like when BCS was out, they would go undefeated. And they still wouldn't get recognition. I don't know if they'd get recognition. And I think there's too well, many teams well, t- like t- that in the same combo. That wasn't that? And, 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 
and going off your point, wasn't that when Utah was not in the Pac-12 when, when well, that became yeah. an issue? I believe that was because they were in the WAC or in the Mountain West. Um, so a similar situation with, say, Boise State, where their, their conference was just not given the respect because they weren't Power 5. Yeah, you're right. And um, they'll probably... You're right, they'll get respect, but I just... The history rubs me the wrong way. I agree, but I think now that they're in the Pac-12, it's a different, it's a different scenario. I think... Looking at the college football playoff as it stands today, four through ten. Let's keep in mind that is six slot. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a chunk of teams right there. They're all nine and one. It is so freaking competitive. Oh yeah, and I like to see that. And to Cole's point, this is where Cole comes into play with me. We agree. I love that Bama's not in the mix. I mean, they're in the mix. They're in that top. They're in that. They're in that column. But that they're, not, they're not. They're not going to make the college Well, that's what I'm saying. But they're not fighting for a championship this year. It's just the same thing in New England. No one wants to see New England fighting for another championship. We want to see new teams right. develop. And I think it's really cool to see a team. They're in the SEC, but a team like LSU, who's really been playing great football the last couple of seasons, get a chance to take home some hardware. Yeah, you definitely bring up a great point of how it's great to see Alabama now making it. You know, similar to the point. of New England, it's, you know, the Golden State Warriors in the NBA where you don't want to see the same teams in the championship over year and year, and it just gets monotonous. I would like to see the same thing with Clemson. In my opinion, I would not have Clemson in the top four because they have played no one competitive, but of course they're going to win the ACC, so they're, of course they're going to make it in. And, and, and I understand, you know, the idea that they haven't they haven't played anyone of high quality. And that's true. I mean, the ACC is the worst Power Five conference. Um, I'm all for relegating them to group of five and bringing up the American. Um, but what you got to remember, that is an undefeated national champion. That's Reigning national champion and undefeated. And I don't see any world where they don't hey, go in. On another note, let's get to the rest of our college football game. So we've got a good Pac-12 game. I know Cole's been itching to talk about this. UCLA and USC, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa. And then we'll round out our college football talk right here in the 573. Missouri will host the Tennessee Volunteers. So let's start with UCLA, USC. What do we see implications coming out of this game? I mean, implications are you know non-existent. This is this is just old-fashioned rivalry, right? Um, so, Cole, I'm going to let you take the wheel on this since this is you know USC is your team. You know, <coughs> this this is a lot of you know personal connection here. What do you expect from uh, from the Trojans as they try to? You know, I, I feel like this is one of those games where you know the season is going terribly. This is this would be a big turnaround one. Yeah, definitely a big turnaround. Of course, you want to get this win over UCLA. It's a huge robbery. It's one of the best robberies in college football. Obviously, it's not the same level as Ohio State, Michigan, but. Or the same level as LSU, Alabama. Right, but, you know, it's on the same. You know, I would say tier one is like um, Alabama, LSU, and like Ohio State, Michigan. Tier two is like USC, UCLA. Um, games being played at the Coliseum, I want to go quickly. I, of course, I have to fight on. Of course, I have to go with USC. It's too bad. It's UC, too bad. It's too well. I can't. I was going to say it's too bad. UCLA is not as good as they should be. They're can in a be exactly. Year. They're in a few rebuilding years, so I'm not surprised. I've got. I don't have a whole lot to say in this game. I'm personally. I love the Pac-12. I love all of college football, but I haven't paid much attention to both of these teams all year. I see USC's in the top 25 to 23 slot. Um, USC is heavily favored. 14 and a, you know 14 points. They're playing out in LA. Uh, I like well, no game, games of the games of the Coliseum. Yeah, in LA. Yeah, well, for, yes, yeah. But the exactly the Coliseum for everyone listening. <laughs> They're fourteen point favorite. Uh, I'll take USC at home. Hal, who you got in this one? I'm gonna play the contrarian. Um, UCLA has a lost season, and USC is still in the mix to play in the Pac-12 championship game if Utah 
is to blow it. Um, I think UCLA is going to do everything in their power to make sure USC doesn't get a chance to play in the Pac-12 championship. I'm going to go with UCLA. I think it's a fair shout. Uh, the Bruins lost to Utah in their last game and snapped what was a three-game win streak, which included a win over uh, then number 24 Arizona State and a win away from home against Stanford. So you know they've they've got you know they got a decent resume. They had a very poor start, but they had wins against two ranked or you know at the time was ranked teams in the forms of Washington State and Arizona State. Those teams were ranked 19 and 24. So you got a team, you know, low in the rankings in the form of USC. Don't put it past UCLA to win this one. I don't think they will, but Hal, I think you have a good, uh, a good, you know, yep. a good case. Um, moving on to uh, to Missouri, Tennessee, before we head to break. Um, this one, I mean, I think Missouri is in must-win territory now. Um, just just for Barry Odom to keep his job. They have been in must-win territory since, I, I would arguably say since Kentucky. Well, I, I oh, mean. Now, not even Kentucky. Georgia, definitely. They have, I, I think that can be said a couple weeks ago. I don't think, at this point, they, I mean, they're in must-win. They're in a lot. Of, they're in a, they, have a, they have a lot of different problems going on right now. Coaching being one of them. Talent being one of them, they've got they have stolen talent on both sides of the ball. They've got all sorts of haru problems. Missouri loses this football game uh, by I think a score and a field goal is what I'm saying. Wow! And then they turn around, they go to Little Rock. They're gonna beat. They have to beat an Arkansas team. They just fired their head coach. They're horror. They if, lost to Northern Kentucky, if, if forty-nine Missouri, to fifteen. If Missouri, if Missouri loses to Arkansas, <laughs> then it's time to fire Barry Odom. It might. It might already. He'll be have gone zero and seven to finish out the year. It might already be time to fire Barry Odom. Um, how your your prediction for this one? And you know, is it time? I think it is time because this offense has not shown up for three weeks in a row. It's atrocious, and they're undisciplined. And I don't understand how we are considering that Barry Odom should be here next year. It best goes seven and five. And what did we expect going into this year? Ten and one. Ten and two. Eleven. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Better than seven and five, and that's the best they can do now. That's atrocious, and I think there's no excuse for it. Cole. Your, your prediction, you're on the call. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm on the call. So I just want to say, you know, shout out to Casey Young, maybe on the call with that. You're going to be on the call with Parker Reem on Saturday night, Mizzou, Tennessee, senior night. Um, of course, Chance had to be on the call for Mizzou homecoming versus Ole Miss. And Kyle, you have to be on the call for yeah. Mizzou versus Troy. So triple threat always being represented um, for Mizzou football games on KCU. But my take on this is you bring up a great point of how Mizzou is undisciplined. They had a lot of penalties against Florida. A lot of times when those penalties cost them easy first downs and scoring conversions, um, you know, the offense hasn't showed up. It's very obvious. Barry Rome doesn't have control of the locker room and his own players. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee here. Hey. I, I said Tennessee a few weeks ago because the thing about this game, I'm yeah. going to keep going to try to keep this short because we're short on time. The difference between Mizzou and Tennessee is this. Tennessee may have lost Georgia State. They have <laughs> looked a lot better this year. Mizzou started, you know, getting a win pattern. They were ranked, and everything's been downhill. So Tennessee's been looking up. Mizzou's been looking down. So give me Tennessee here. Real quick, 
upset picks. We're, yes. we're going to go around the clock. We're going to start with I'll start with Cole and we'll go we'll go we'll go this direction. Cole, what do you, who do you have? My upset pick is Illinois over Iowa. Okay. All right, Hal, you're upset. Hal, who do you have? I picked uh, Texas over Baylor because I don't think Baylor's going to recover well from last week's loss. Okay. Uh, Temple over Cincinnati. All right, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to to do it, boys. I'm going to kick myself in the heart as I wear my Texas A&M jersey. A&M over Georgia. <laughs> and that's going to do it for our college football talk. When we come back, Mizzou basketball, lots of action both on for the men and women, so stay tuned. Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle & Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU. We will be right back. On Sundays at 11 a.m., it's the weekly walkthrough. Join Ethan Salm and Nick Catlin as they discuss the biggest and most important sports news of the week. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM on KCOU.FM or find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching for The Weekly Walkthrough. Follow us on Twitter at Weekly Walk KCOU and be sure to tune in on Sundays at 11 a.m. for all the latest in sports. No, no wing, man. That's only my Join me, Garrett Jones, for one of these nights, a solo podcast-style sports talk show covering the weirdest and wackiest of sports history. I take a deep dive into the old and noteworthy of Mizzou and all four major professional sports. Stick around for the second hour to unwind with the best of classic rock from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I'm on Sunday nights recording live from 8 to 10 p.m. on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM in the Blue Box. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music if you ever miss a show. It's one of these nights, the perfect way to end your weekend. And welcome back to Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickler and Dryer Law Firm, here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Shout out to Kyle Jones for the WWE soundtrack of the morning. Hulk Hogan bringing us back from break. I'm, I'm getting all the all, all the wrestling tunes in. I'm in a wrestling mood this morning, y'all. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, the uh, the Missouri Tigers have been on a tear, on an absolute tear since their loss to Xavier. They played Wofford on Monday, got the dub, and in Moorhead State last night, also a dub. And so let's get into this thing. And, and Hal, I, I want to start with you since you're our guest. What have you been looking at and what have you been seeing out of these Missouri Tigers? Uh, I've been seeing some great, uh, the fundamentals have been great, just Knocking down your free throws, getting it right. Um, the only improvement I need, think they need to make is on the uh, three-point side because against Moorhead State, it was a little bit brutal on the three-point side, but still convincing win either way. Yeah, I mean, they look, they look really good. Um, so let's stick with Moorhead for a little bit. Um, and I want to, I wanna, you know, get your thoughts on this uh, chance because I know you, you are, you know, 
You're a basketball watching man. I do like watching Missouri. I was shocked actually last night. It was a low scoring game to halftime. I think it was what? It was like 27 27 at one point. I don't. Now, and they ended up scoring 70 points. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm not convinced that, you know, I think I'm not convinced that Missouri is where they need to be just quite yet. Um, you're not going to be able to score only 27 points at half against SEC opponents and expect to get the job done. But they did score 70 points. They came out in the second half booming. Um, I do like to work from Tillman down low. Kobe Brown is providing a lot inside from Missouri. Uh, Pinson actually went down with an injury yesterday, and he was actually okay. Um, heavy guard play continues. Torrance Watson shooting. I really like the play from Mark Smith. Um, but again, I think that they're going to have to score more points coming out of the gate. As soon as you play at Kentucky, who's great, you play Florida, Tennessee. Of course, Auburn's always a dogfight. Um, so I think it's a matter of just continuing to keep up what they're doing, but making sure they score effectively. I mean, you talk about scoring a little bit. And first of all, the end of the first half for Mizzou Morehead State was Mizzou 36 and Morehead State 29 at the end of the first half. And you talk about scoring. Mizzou jumped out to a 14 to 4 lead. They did. The but then it slowed down because it was about, a, I think it was like a 16 14 game nearing the middle part of that quarter. So they but, came back. Yeah. And that means it was a quiet scoring period for Missouri. Well, I mean, definitely talk about, you know, this Mizzou season. In the preseason, I definitely did not expect this, especially Kyle, you were on the call. So I know you want to talk about this. The game against Wofford is something I want to talk about. Mizzou's defense has looked great. They're top 10 nationally in defense. And I feel, because we talked about this, Colin, you talked about this yesterday. If Mizzou can keep this stingy defense up, you can maybe see a few upsets when it comes to conference. I'm not saying saying Kentucky, but I'm saying maybe at Auburn, maybe at Tennessee, maybe even at LSU. So I want to bless y'all's ears with a little bit of uh, my call because the, the, we had a historic moment. I, I think I've got it to the right spot. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Before the tip-off and everything is that Missouri really needs to buckle down on defense, and that was great. Really not allowing Wofford to go inside or even outside. And like you said, very, very high three-point team. Yes, Wofford had to spend a lot of their time on the perimeter in that possession. Drew Smith with it now. Kicks it to Kobe Brown. Inside to Tillman in the paint. Goes up and in. Tillman Jr. is really a beast over there. So we're going to get at some point. Not it, it, It's it's in this passage of play that we, we have our historic moment. And you'll hear it. Tillman Jr. had to get the hops. Had to pull the ball down. And he did. Now a shot from Storm Murphy. And he sinks it from three-point range. So suddenly a four-point lead is cut down to one with about 18 and a half left in this first half. Four-three your score. Smith dishing it to Pickett. Pickett now on the perimeter looking for Tillman Jr. Finds him at the top of the three-point line. Tillman Jr. for three. Got it! He got it! That might be the first three of his career, I'm pretty sure. He never shoots those, and he just sunk a three-pointer. So there you are. It was the first of his career. It was the first of his career. It I was, was a, at that game, it and was I a, was shocked. I was like, okay. <laughs> but he sunk it like Steph Curry, so I'm like, okay, I'll take it. But <laughs> It was a magical moment in the history of if this you, university. Just, just for the record, if you didn't hear that call from Kyle Jones, I'm sorry, but if I heard that 10 times a day, I'd laugh at every single... That might be the first of his career! <laughs> 
That was awesome. No, that I mean, was, was that I was incredible. It was, um, he's a he's a playmaker for Missouri if he stays out of foul trouble. And he did. He, he has, did exactly. He, he, he's he only had like two three fouls on the night against Walford. He was clean. He was talented. He got the job done. But more importantly, Missouri preventing a single field goal from Walford for the last fourteen <laughs> minutes and thirty five seconds of the basketball game. 14 minutes, 35 seconds without a field goal from the Wofford Terriers. So Missouri really, you know, turning on the Jets, really making, you know, making it happen on the defensive end. So to, you know, stick to the final point before we maybe transition to women. Of course, the Wofford game was the campus game for the Hall of Fame Classic. Of course, on the 25th on Monday, they're playing Kansas City. They're playing against Butler. Then the winner of Oklahoma-Stanford. What do we see out of Mizzou versus Butler and then whoever the winner is of Oklahoma-Stanford? Yeah, I was going to actually switch into that before we talked about the women. I think Missouri is about to meet some real competition. Um, Butler's always a great basketball team. And then, of course, OU uh, always provides uh, a hefty comp- competition as well. And Stanford, never bad, too, out on the Pac-12. And that's in KC Mo, which we were going to cover and then now we're not going to cover because some some stuff. Um, but I think it'll be uh, a good chance for Missouri um, to really see where they are against better competition. I'm not saying that Wofford and Moorhead State not so much, but you got to play teams like Xavier. You got to play these. You got to play, play. You got to play these power five conferences to really figure out where you are as a team. Moving on to the women. I believe they've got a game tonight. They do. They're playing um, South, South Dakota, Dakota and in they, South Dakota. Yeah. And they were up North. They, they're on a, they're on a slide and it's bad. And it's probably the worst slide that coach pensions had in her entire coaching career. Three game losing streak. They lost to Nebraska in overtime at home. Then you and I at home. And then they went on the road and green Bay beat the tigers for the second year in a row. Green Bay, Apparently a really good women's basketball team. Um, yeah. Well, when we talked about that, I think it was last week, how Green Bay always puts up a fight exactly. every single year. And now they're now the Tigers are playing South Dakota. South Dakota on a four-game win streak. They beat uh, they, they started the season beating Northeastern at Northeastern, which that's big. Northeastern is a big CAA powerhouse. Then South Dakota beat Green Bay in Green Bay. They beat Drake in overtime, and they beat Utah in overtime in Utah. This South Dakota team is scary, and Missouri is going to have to straighten up and fly right, or they're going to lose a fourth one. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you said that well. This It's not the same team. It's not the same team because Sophie's not there, Lauren's not there. I don't think... Missouri will be as competitive in the SEC this year. Um, I do like the likes of, you know, we talked about Asia Blackwell, Amber Smith, Hannah Shoots, some of those returners. Um, Blackwell, actually not well, technically. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, they go down to Mexico, uh, actually over the Thanksgiving break i believe for the, for the cancun tournament for the yes. cancun tournament um and then they'll slide into more our neck of the woods they'll play slew here in columbia they'll go to they'll play k 
Kansas City and Kansas City. How favorite of that? Um, and then they'll play. They'll go down to Springfield from where I'm nearest from Joplin and play Missouri State. So I, I, I don't know. I still think it's too early to determine who's good, who's bad sort of thing. Cole, let's send it to you, and then I want to get Howe's intake on the women's team. I mean, of course, you know, you don't want to lose to Green Bay. You don't want to, have, you don't want to start off the year one and three when we were talking about how this is the best recruiting class in the SEC, one of the best in the nation. We had hopes that this team would go far in the you know, SEC and maybe NCAA tournament. So one and three, especially being under coach by Ron Pinchton, not great to see. Cancun challenge when you're playing against undefeated New Mexico. New Mexico. And then when you're playing 3-0 North Carolina, that's obviously big. UMKC, I'm going to be on that call with Case Rosenberg at Kansas City, so that should be fun. UMKC is currently 3-2 and two so far in the year. Um, I would not worry about this team so far because it's a long year, especially when losing the likes of Sophie, Lauren, Sierra. It takes time for this team to develop, so I would not worry too far yet. How? What are, what are your thoughts? Are you worried yet? Uh, no, Cole makes a good point that it's you're not going to be perfect off the bat with so many new players and um what the team needs really is a confidence booster or just a win to just get the wind under your sails and um yeah. i don't think it'll come against south dakota they're a very good team um eking out a lot of close wins including against green bay and um i think the confidence booster will come against siue because they they're struggling even worse than Mizzou is. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I think I agree with that point. Um, plus the SIUE game is in Columbia. So it'll be in front of uh, the home crowd. Um, the one thing I wanted to pose to you guys, though, is based off of, the, and the, the women's probably can go the same way, but based off of what I've seen from the attendance so far for the men's basketball games in particular, I have not been impressed. And I don't know if that's because we haven't hit the conference games yet, but there's a lot of seats, and the student section really has not been pretty full. So I don't know if it's because we haven't hit the first of the year, we don't have SEC opponents in here, but I've been very shocked at the few number of bottoms and chairs this year so it's, i have two points but both then, of you I'll have let, your hands up so, so you guys both take Kyle, it away i'll go i'll let Kyle go first and i have two points to say about this i think you're right it's basically because we haven't hit big games yet you know the the one big team that mizzou men's have played is xavier and that was away from home um wofford you know decent team but you know fletcher mcgee left they're they're they're, they're not that great anymore the women same deal um nebraska was big um, but also this team's one and three. Um, you're not gonna att- you're not gonna draw a crowd if the team keeps losing. Cool. So conference game is for one and two. Go in the preseason. This team had very low to li- pretty much no expectations to do well. They were picked 13 and 14 in the SEC to finish. This team had no expectations to succeed. So that's pretty much the reason why there's no. <laughs> wait, wait. Who had no expectations? Both. Let's do the men's. Both really. Um, So that's going to take us to break when we come back, NFL talk. And then, of course, what's your take and favorite moment in sports this week? And what's your take? We're going to try to get Hal involved in this one a little bit more. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Triple Threat brought to you by Sickle and Dry Law Firm here on KCOU. We'll be right back. Looking for your weekly fix of Mizzou sports content? Look no further than the longest-running Mizzou sports talk show on KCOU, Salute Your Sports. Join me, Chris Mitchell, alongside James Stanley and Zach Berman as we break down everything you need to know about Mizzou sports every Thursday at 4 p.m. Central. And if you can't tune in for the live show, you can listen to the show in podcast form every Friday on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
a delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harbin. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. Welcome back to Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickler and Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Kyle Jones, Cole Tusing, Chance Stickland, Hal Estep in the studio with you on this Thursday morning. And let's talk about NFL football, because tonight we got a matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. And it's going to be a fun one. This one is always crazy. This is a, you know, kind of a... You know, kind of a rivalry it has become. It is. Basically, for for the Texans, you know, because because the Texans are young, they're scrappy. This team has gotten into fights with everybody. Every every divisional game has become a rivalry. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a rival. Tennessee, obviously, there's there's a whole lot of hatred for Tennessee because they stole the Oilers. Um, and in Indianapolis, it's just you know years of getting punked by Peyton Manning away from home. This one in Houston, though. Well, we continue to talk about two, sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, all the talk, you know, Deshaun Watson having a, you know, having another good season. He's kind of in that mix with these top quarterbacks. Um, this is going to be a really, uh, this is going to be a good matchup. They're both six and four. Uh, Texan, te- the Texans have them edged at home by one game both ways. They're three and one. Uh, Indianapolis is two and two on the road. Um, Houston's three and a half point favorite. I like Houston because I am always a fan of the indoor football. I think it's a big, I think, I don't know. I, I like, uh, the NRG stadium is a tough place to play, but I always like, if you're the home team and you have a dome setup, I think that always is favoring to that particular team. How, who do you like? I like the uh, Texans. They're going to come out with a fire lit under them after last week just getting demolished by the Ravens. That's the type of game that wakes you up, reminds you you're not invincible. It's time to go out there, take every game, don't take it for granted. Um, the Colts are going to make it close, though, because they are a solid team, and Texans defense missing J.J. Watt's still huge. Cole. Yeah, um, of course, you know, the Texans defense losing J.J. Watt um, is going to be huge, but I have the Texans here as well. Deshaun Watson have himself a year really put himself in that MVP consideration. It's going to be at NRG Stadium, and the Colts will not have Marlon Mack, so give me the Texans here. I'll I'll stick with the Texans. Um, oh, I figured. I mean, well, you're, well, you're a hometowny. Uh, no, no, not with, not with the Texans. With with every other Houston team, I'm usually a homer. But uh, with the Texans, I'm, I'm in stark opposition to Bill O'Brien having actual gainful employment in the city of Houston. Um, I want him out. But I think his ineptitude will not cost the Texans their uh, the, the game tonight. Let's pivot now to uh, to Sunday's matchups because uh, there's some good ones. Um, most notably, in my eyes, is Seattle, Philadelphia. And then also Green Bay, San Francisco. So let's start with Green Bay and San Francisco. Oh, here we go. Two things going to go knocking on them. 
Let's it's, see. Let's see if Tosin gives San Francisco any credit this week. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> no, uh, he's not. Going. He still doesn't think the Niners are the real deal. He still doesn't think. <laughs> Come on, Cole. Cole, they're nine and one. And I was happy that they lost against the Seahawks. Oh no! Because, because here's the thing about the 49ers. Here's here's my discredit to the 49ers. Number one, I just want to say this outright. Chance, I know you're a big Chiefs fan. I was the exact same way with Mahomes and the Chiefs last season. So don't get it twisted. Yeah. So. The thing about the 49ers is this. Unlike the Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's Jimmy the real G, deal. Jimmy G is not winning the 49ers games. It's that run offense and it's that run defense. He's that got defense eight. is did elite. You see, did, you see his, did you see his stat line last week? He's got 18 he's touchdowns, touchdowns almost 2,500 yards. He's the real deal. He, he's not winning them games. It's that run offense with Matt Breida and it's that defense Especially that with Bosa. But anyway, let's That's talk, how they're winning yeah. games. Let's it's ta- not Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, let's talk about that game for a little bit. So San Francisco out in the Bay Area. Uh, they'll have Green Bay. I believe that's Sunday Night Football. That's announced. Yes, it is. And it got flexed, too. Um, Three-point favorite. It's going to be a dogfight. I can tell you that right now because you've got two stellar quarterbacks. You've really got – I mean, it's really – I know Cole is like. So you say it's a dog fight. You say it's a dog fight, but I, I think San Francisco I, only allows, only allows fifteen and a half. I, per I game. understand that Green Bay is very good, though. Um, it's going to be a great, great Sunday night football game. I'm going with San Francisco at home. How? Who do you have? I'm going to go with Green Bay because, I mean, they are just so solid all around, and they're not solely depending on Aaron Rodgers anymore. they got a solid running back in Aaron Jones. I think they've got it, even though San Francisco's defense is for real, though. I believe that. I I still got to go with the Niners here. I still have to go. Their defense is for real. (laughs) I think Jimmy G is great. I think Jimmy G has has the stuff. I think Matt Breida is a stud. And, and, and I just can't see the 49ers losing this football game. But let's move on. Oh, no, no, no. I want Cole has something to get out. I want to hear what this Everyone's is going to be. Everyone's saying the 49ers defense is leading that run offense is great, which it is. That's how they're winning games. Jimmy Garoppolo, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's fine, but that's not winning them games. That's not elite. Okay, let me I'm compare saying, to compare to Aaron Rodgers, me, 17 I'm touchdowns saying, and two interceptions. Of course, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron well, Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks Garoppolo of all time. You're always saying Jimmy Garoppolo is like the wanna, greatest quarterback I, of all time, I, and he's not win, he's not winning them games. I want to pose one question to Cole: Who goes to the NFC Championship? Packers. Okay. 49 ers losing the losing the playoffs. They're not going to the Super Bowl. Oh. All right. Woo. We will see. We will Woo. see. Let us, let us shift our attentions to uh, to Monday Night Football, Baltimore, Los Angeles, and Los Angeles. And I am of the mind that Lamar Jackson is going to do terrible, terrible things to the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, it's gonna be, it ain't going to be pretty. And what, I, this is really funny. I think ESPN's being kind to L.A. because Baltimore's oh, yeah. only three-point favorite. Well, that's not ESPN. That's just, that's just the betters in Los yeah, Angeles. That, 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 is, that is very true. Um, I, I, yeah, L.A. hasn't really been impressed this year. They're a different team than they were last year. Lamar Jackson's just been on absolute fire. And I know you say this every week, Kyle. He's dangerous when he has the football in his hands, and I most certainly agree with that. It doesn't matter if he's going to run with it, if he's going to pass I'll it. I'll tell you it, that. I'll tell you this right now. Any team gives New England a fight for the AFC Championship, it's going to be Baltimore. I don't think and going off of that point, unless you guys have any other further comments on that game, I want to talk Kansas City football. We're not going to get out of the studio without talking about the Chiefs because they're in an interesting situation. Well, they're in a bye week, actually. They're They're in an interesting situation because you've got Oakland, who's slowly trickling up. I think Denver's going downhill. Obviously. I think LA is going... Do you guys remember what uh, Philip Rivers did 
in the last moment of that game against the Chiefs, he threw a pick. What is he commonly known for? <laughs> Throwing an interception late in the game. And Kansas City pulled away. Well, the question I want to throw at you guys is, who is the best team in the AFC West? Who do you guys think will win the AFC West? It's still got to be Kansas City. Okay. It's, it's still got to be Kansas City. I mean, I, they, they've had their struggles recently. Um, but, I mean, look at look at who else is in there. The Chargers yeah. aren't going to win anything, right? Yeah. The, D- Denver is Garbo. Um, Garbo. <laughs> o- Oakland, I just don't see Oakland turning it around enough to to catch the Chiefs. The Chiefs are on a decent enough pace yeah. to to where they they will just they'll stay put. And with Mahomes back, and I, no, it's almost completely healthy. I think that that thing again, they're unstoppable. That offense, their defense has some problems, but I, offensively, they're getting the job done. Do I think they're going to win the AFC? Obviously, uh, absolutely I, I, not. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the it's going to be the Ravens, man. It's got to be the Ravens. Over the pay- oh man, you think Baltimore's better than New England? Absolutely. Woohoo, Cole. Who do you, you you like Kansas City in that division? I mean, yeah, of course. Pretty much what Kyle said. Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. Um, I think out of any team that will give the Patriots a fight to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. That offense is great with Lamar Jackson and Ingram. Yep. And that defense has really shocked some a few people. And the one wearing Chiefs shoes in the studio. Let's give it to Hal for one last second. As you can tell, I'm very unbiased by my shoe selection. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the Chiefs are obviously, I think they're going to win the AFC West. It's the Oakland's on a good streak. That'll come to an end soon. Um, but the Chiefs are going to face a problem in the first round. It's going to come where their run defense is just horrendous. The pass defense is actually really good. Charverius mm-hmm. Ward's playing insane this year. Yep. But... The run defense is just so horrendous. I don't know if we'll make it past the first round. Well, yeah, that yeah, it's also it's always controversial. I mean, that, that's always the thing that Chiefs fans point to. Oh, are we going to make it past the first round? Had before, not sure. Kyle, what's your take? Let's go for it. So, what's your take? We were originally going to discuss uh, if Tua should stay another year after getting hurt, uh, or if he should take his money and run. And I think he should take his money and go to the NFL. But that's just me. But instead, I want to pivot. Um, because there was a little bit of drama, not necessarily in the NASCAR world, but in the Formula One world. And we got Hal Estep in the studio with us. He is one of the hosts with Sterling Stevens on Burning Rubber, our uh, KCOU's very own racing talk show. And so, Hal, I want to talk to you about uh, Vettel and Leclerc uh, coming together, in a way, in Brazil. And I want to get your take on this. This is That was the epitome of Ferrari season this year. Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc wrecking each other in the Brazilian Grand Prix. That is just how bad this season has been because they get to watch Mercedes run away with another championship. They get to pretend that Sebastian Vettel hasn't been a pretty much failed investment. It's just sad to watch, but it's also kind of hilarious. So where do they move from this? Um, because because obviously you got two hothead guys who both want to be number one. Um and they they both been very vocal about wanting to be number one, um, and they can't they can't you know it's racing there can only be one finish you know one first place. Yeah, I I think they've invested so much in Vettel that they'll they're not going to cut their losses. I think they're going to try and gut it out another year with those two, hoping that they can finally get it together, work together, get past Mercedes. It's not going to happen, and next year they're going to be faced with the same thing after more and more incidences. Because this is like the fifth incidence where Vettel's looked absolutely 
out of his place. And, and so sticking sticking kind of with, with the Formula One stuff and you know moving in next season, you got a guy in the form of Lewis Hamilton, right? Yeah. And I I'm of a mind he's one of the greatest racers of, of all time, just by his talent. Um if even if Ferrari does get this Del Leclerc situation straightened out, um, do, do they even still, you know, do they even still beat Mercedes? Do they even still, you know, beat that, you know, you know that that dominance? Because Mercedes has been on fire the past couple of years. Absolutely not. They're not going to touch Lewis Hamilton. That guy's on another level than any other racer on the planet. Boatas is a good teammate for him. They don't have many arguments, so I think they'll be fine. Even what? if they can get together. Okay. We got a couple, we got a couple, we got a minute or two. Let's talk to two a little bit for a little bit. Cause I think it is, uh, with where Bama's season is. And I think with where the NFL potentially lost prospects and kind of, we're looking at Burrow. We're looking at a couple of these guys, Herbert from Oregon and kind of where the draft's going to stock up. Where do you get, do you, see, I personally think it's hard to say because I know that if Tua goes, Saban's got someone on deck. That's just kind of, that's Alabama football. It's been the way it is for 10 plus seasons. So I'm going to go to Cole and we're going to round it out with Kyle, but Cole, Tua, stay or leave? I mean, if Tua leaves, it's going to be the exact same thing as Missouri fans would know. It's the exact same situation as Jonte Porter, where you get one injury, you come back, then you quickly re-injured again, you're out for the year. So if Tua leaves, it's going to be the exact same situation as Jonte Porter. Tua's still going to get drafted, but I'm on the mind that he's no longer going to be a first-rounder. I think he will leave after the season over. I think he's done with Alabama football. I think he'd be smart to be done with Alabama football because you should not be going back on that field and risk getting injured again when you're not not getting a paycheck. He's going to go to the NFL – and unlike what you said, Cole, I still think that this guy is going to be pretty high. I think he'll, I think he'll go mid first round. I think there's there's plenty of teams in the NFL yeah. who are going to take a risk on him. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Is he going to start right off the bat? Obviously, no. He's not going to be you know the the Joe Burrow or the Herbert. Um, you know that some of those you know you know like the Bengals might yeah. draft right. But I could foresee a team like say Green Bay who Aaron Rodgers is not going to be around much longer Green Bay is going to be late in the draft you know go to Green Bay sit behind Rodgers till Rodgers ends his career and then you get Tua starting for the pack yeah and there's a lot of teams that need help with the quarterback (laughs) position Cincinnati they're 0-10 they need help uh, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot of teams, uh, who is, oh man, I can't even fit magic. Who's he playing for now? Oh goodness. The Dolphins. Yeah. yeah they, need, the they, Dolphins. they need help. I mean, there's so many teams that need a good quarterback out there. How, what do you think of the Tua situation? I think he definitely should go into the draft. I don't think he's going to go. He's not going to go as high as he was projected at first, but some mid round team is about to get a great quarterback and Hopefully he can recover well from that injury because it's a hip injury is just devastating for a quarterback, and um, I think he'll be a. I don't know what team will pick him, but maybe, maybe your Bears may take a look at him. You think? So my situation with the Bears, of course, the Bears are not gonna have a first round pick because that's how they got Cleo Mack. So at the very minimum, they're gonna have a second round pick. The thing about the Bears is. Do they get a guy like Tua Tagovailoa, or do they trade and get Cam Newton? Yeah, because isn't, isn't Josh Allen the backup at Carolina? Uh, 
Kyle Carolina's Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Sorry, I knew it was an out. Where's Josh Allen? The Bills. The, yeah, there's, the too, Bills. there's too there's too many multi name athletes in the NFL. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that's an interesting take. Uh, I also think Tua goes. He's hurt though right now. You know, of course, he had to be air flighted. Back to Bama to a hospital to a hospital for surgery. And I don't know if you guys saw well, his. He, he, he had surgery in Houston. I don't know if you guys saw his video of him dancing in the hospital room, but I thought that was very interesting. Well, he if he's dancing, that's being, good. Being inter- oh yeah, being energetic uh, before the surgery wasn't after the surgery. But anyway, now it's time to talk about what I love to finish up the show with every single week. We talk about our favorite moment in the sports world. So, Cole, you're first, buddy. Feels like I go first every week, but okay. My hey, favorite moment. Uh, we keep it consistent. My favorite moment in sports was I don't know if it was last night or two nights ago, but you may like them or hate them. But a certain NFL legend was seen dancing at the Lakers halftime show. Do you want to know who? Oh, it was? of course, it was Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> that was my favorite moment. In sports yeah, that's cool. This week. How? Uh, my favorite moment this week was Mark Andre Fleury making a ginormous save last night against insane. the Leafs, and may not be Mike Babcock's favorite moment. That cost him his job. It, I he did get fired. I I wasn't. I I thought I had read that somewhere. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Wow. And I'm gonna head over to the links where I'm a golf guy, Brandon Matthews. Uh, in let's see, it was last week, I believe. He ended up hugging a fan with Down syndrome, who yelled at him during a missed playoff putt. To further into the championship, I thought it was super cool um, that these athletes, despite missing out on thousands or millions of dollars, they still make an attempt to share that personal emotional connection with these fans. Um, Tiger, you like him or not, he's 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 done it several times. Phil's done it several times, so I think it's cool to see professional athletes engaging with the audience outside of just the competition line. And my favorite moment um, would have to be uh, undoubtedly Jeremiah Tillman's three-pointer. Nothing nothing beats that for me this week, and that's going to do it for this week here on Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickland and Dryer Law Firm. We'd like to extend a special thanks to Hal Estep for joining us today. Hal, your show, Burning Rubber, when can we catch it? On Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Sounds great. So you can catch Burn and Rubber, take a little bit of break for lunch or breakfast or whatever, and then catch Triple Threat. And so that will do us today. Thank you. Tune in next week for more Triple Threat. Tune in on Saturday as Cole is on the call against Tennessee. It will be a fun one. Kickoff is at 6.30. p.m. And we will be back after the Thanksgiving break. Exactly. Back after Thanksgiving break for our final show of the semester. Then it's finals week in winter. Um, So don't miss the season finale of Triple Threat in two weeks. And uh, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. More great programming on KCOU coming up.